Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast. If you're a healthcare provider, entrepreneur, and or businessman and are experiencing the midlife triangle of chaos, marriage, kids, business, and one or more areas of your life across your body, being, balance, and business are burning to the ground or you simply feel lost, this podcast is intended to provide light, a GPS, if you will, back to thriving. And now the host of this podcast, a chiropractor, athlete, father, husband, warrior certified trainer, and the head coach of Men of Iron, Dr. Ryan P. Doyle. A human being, right? So you're in the bush, man. You're in the bush. So it's, you know what, you just people say, well, what happens, what happens if, what happens if? I said, you freaking prepare in advance for what happens if, and you'd be really super smart out there, right? But uh, my dad was a lumberjack, man, eh? Like he, so I grew up like in the bush. I had my first chainsaw when I was 12, right? And uh, so I grew up with an ax in my hand, a chainsaw on this one, a rifle on that one, a fishing rod over my back, right? So the wilderness, man, that's like, I am, pro- I am as comfortable, not more comfortable in the wilderness than I am you know, on a city street or in an urban Is that right? I, have you ever seen the, uh, what's the Christmas show that comes up with the old guy up in Alaska that, that around the lake that builds his little ca- cabin and carves a spoon? Is that kind of, is that how I envision you? Or, or yeah, what? well, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite that extreme, but uh, I mean, I've certainly done some like way off grid stuff. Like, you know, where I went on a really good um, kayak trip one time. I was working through some stuff. Uh, so I did a version of a native vision quest. I, I really love the native, you know, vision quest, the native mythology, right? They got a great cosmology, the native people. So uh, I did a vision quest, I did a five division quest, but it was a 167 or 77 kilometer kayak ride. And uh, through uh, basically the old Voyager routes down across Lake Nipissing, down the French River to Georgian Bay, up Georgian Bay a bit, down the Key River. It was a great trip. And so there you're, you know, you've got like a little pack, you've got a little uh, little stove, you've got your axe and your kayak, man, that's, and a tent, and that's it, right? So, and you just go do your thing. Just go do your thing, man. That's uh, that's how one of the ways I roll, right? But, I mean, my wilderness lodge, right? I mean, it's, it's wilderness, but, man, we've got all the creature comforts, right? Like, it's, it's you know, relative to that, it's posh, right? Like, we've got, not of fact, we actually have two of them now. We, we built another one, not as robust as the, as the main one we've had for 27 years where I've done all my retreats and stuff, right? But this one is just a new, the one I'm going through tomorrow is a new construction. So it's only two years old. And uh, it's like, my wife calls it the lake house, right? Because it's, got it. she, she did it up. So we're there. We actually have solar there. So I walk in and go boom. And man, I got lights and fans. And, wow. Okay. So yeah. how did, like, is, is it drivable or how do you, how do you get the construction? Yeah, so I got an hour on the highway. I got an hour on bush roads and then, you know, half hour in a snowmobile, 20 minutes in a snowmobile. Okay, but how do you get the construction stuff in there? Oh, well, yeah, good Well, So this one, you can actually drive on really secondary dirt paths off the logging roads right to it, okay, in the summertime. The other one that we have is an island. So there, when we, when we, we had a bad storm in 06 that took down our, our main lodge building, like destroyed it. And uh, me and a crew of misfits, man, we rebuilt that thing. We rebuilt that thing, tore it down, rebuilt it in 11 days. Uh, and, but again, you had the truck to the lake. You had to take the uh, stuff off. We're live on Facebook, dude, it says. 
Yeah, we are. We're telling stories. We're telling stories. Let's go. Let's tell stories. Then we had to get the stuff off the truck. You didn't, you didn't give me an opportunity to stop, so I was like, go. We uh, had to get it off the truck. We had to put it on the barge. We had to barge it down the lake. You got to get it off the barge. You got to go pile it out, and then you got to use it, man. It was crazy. That was a big, big. We, we, we called it, it was Groundhog Day because we got up at five. We're on the job site for quarter to six. We'd end at nine, grab a swim and a beer, go to fall into bed, boom, get up, do it all over again. Jesus, all right. So when you do your retreats, how, how, do, we, how do we get there? Uh, so can, they're only done in the summertime, right? And uh, you uh, drive, you have like, and that's actually part of the experience, right? Because right? you, you have a map, you have your instructions, and you, 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 most people stay overnight in North Bay, and then they, they uh, you know, follow the map and the instructions, and they go to the lake, and then I pick them up on a boat bring them down to the island and, uh, you know, give them a little history on the boat ride down. And then before they get off the boat or, you know, we use do a native uh, white sage smudge ceremony to get rid of all of the negative energy and all of the stuff and just get them into the right uh, mindset. Right. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so I've got a whole bunch of questions for you. And it's one of the reasons why I've invited you on this. I'm fascinated by your, your journey, but some of the things you're doing, but while we're on the topic, uh, do you feel comfortable with elaborating on on some of these uh, retreats that you do? Because yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's it, you kidding, Ryan? It's who I am, man. I'm happy to elaborate. It's, All right, good. So it's it's there's a piece of it that I'm I'm actually selfishly interested in doing. So tell me more about the actual retreats that you do in the summertime. I want to understand um, who attends them, um, how do we get involved with them, and like what's the what's the essence uh, about the uh, retreats that you're doing. Yeah, so I mean, we like really 35,000 foot view, it's a mind, body, spirit retreat, right? Because in my worldview, um, you, there, is no, um, uh, there is no aspect of us in the hologram of life that isn't us, right? So we are a spiritual being, we, are, we do have a mental, emotional side to us, we do have a, a body side to us. So what I believe is the most optimal or authentic way to go through life is total integration of those three legs of the stool, right? So there's the 35,000 foot view. So there is a lot of tools and exercises and experiences and things that I've, um, you know, learned, participated in, developed, synthesized, tweaked over the many, many, many years of my journey. Because there's no thing that we do at my retreats, right, that isn't uh, like that I haven't experienced, right? Pro probably multiple times. Like as an example, one of the things I said earlier, I really love the, uh, particularly on the, uh, and I have the most experience with the Ojibwe Nation in the Canadian Indigenous cultures, right? Um, but I mean, there, I've also been involved in, you know, with the, the Apache Nation, with the Sioux, Lakota Sioux Nation, with the Cree Nation, been involved with some other things. But anyways, I love because the, the general teachings of that are pretty congruent. There's little differences between different areas, but it's pretty congruent. Sure. So one of the experiences that we do there, and I built a, uh, a little bit of a, a more less traditional construction sweat lodge than um, you know what you would do if you were doing it out of old traditional boughs and tarps and buffalo hides and everything right but yeah hey listen yeah. i've done a sweat lodge in in a tarp with our with our steam rocks in minus 10 degree weather in the in the hills like i i've done the rudimentary version but this this yep. sounds like a little bit more advanced well it is because it's it's like you know it takes so much time and energy and there's literally it takes at least a day to actually construct a lodge properly maybe longer and we only have a three-day experience so it's it's like it's and not that there wouldn't be great teachings in building a lodge. There's tons of teachings in building a lodge and having a fire keeper and all of that traditional stuff. But, but this just kind of um, 
abbreviates some of that process, right? But when I first did, one of the reasons I, I integrated the sweat lodge teachings into our retreats, right, is because the very first sweat lodge I did, and I've done, I don't even know how many now, but quite a few, and I've, most of them have been done in the more rudimentary, you know, you know, when I was a participant and I wasn't facilitated more on the, the tarps and the thing when the, the, you know, the stone people that are brought in on the pitchforks and stuff, right? I've been in the holy fire all, all day. But uh, anyways, when I first did that, you know, the, the as you probably know, the uh, imagery or the teaching is that you go in on your hands and knees. And the reason it's shaped the way it is, is because it's to represent the womb of the earth mother right? Your uterus of the mother. So you go in there in order to be reborn. And there's a lot of uh, spiritual traditions that have some sort of a rebirth process, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is just a native version of it. But when I went in and had that experience and I'd fasted, when I do my retreats, I very commonly, I think I could say always fast for at least 24 hours in advance, um, because that really helps in my experience get ego out of the way, right? And get more dialed into true source vibration. So I had fasted and stuff and I, you know, I went into the sweat lodge and, you know, they say when you come out, you are, you know, reborn, right? Well, I tell you, Ryan, for me, the very first lodge that I did, it was like game changer experience for me because when I come out, I, for the first time in my life, I felt wind on my face. Like I'd just taken it for granted my whole life and I hadn't really had the, 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 like the spiritual experience of a breeze. I had that and then somebody actually gave me a sip of water. And man, I was like, I tasted water for the first time and appreciated it the first time in my life. And then he put a little berry in my mouth. I thought my face was going to explode. And I just, my parodigans went crazy. And I was like, Phew. and I was metaphorically, but somewhat literally reborn. And I had a greater appreciation for my life, for the earth mother, for the thing. And I've had no of my other, maybe at this point, hundreds of sweat lodge experiences have been quite as profound as that. But it's like, you know what? I want people to have that opportunity. I'll tell you, a sweat lodge experience I had, there's a chiropractor, many, a lot of times many chiropractors, because I worked with a lot of chiropractors, right? there's a guy that's a, I won't mention his name, but a well-known chiropractor in the Toronto area, and he came in, and uh, he had an experience in there where his hands actually went into like, like uh, flexor contraction, decerebrate rigidity, like this, and they were locked, and he couldn't move his arms or his hands, right, and, and our whole, we, have, we run a pretty thermally and spiritually hot lodge, right, but you know, and then we say to people, so, you know, just go one step farther than what you're comfortable with. That might be coming in the door for some people. Some people might be doing three rounds. It's, it's whatever it is for you. This guy, man, he, and he's a big, strong, tough guy, right? And he was like freaking out. And you know what through his mind, right? Interesting as a, as a doctor, what he had when he came out of that lodge was a greater appreciation for the gift that was his hands and the ability to serve humanity through his hands. He, he, he appreciated his profession. He'd been in the profession almost 20 years. He but he had some sort of a neurological reaction when he went and did it. Well, uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, or, or was it a metabolic thing or was it a spiritual thing, man? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Or was it all of the above, right? right? I mean, don't know for sure, but I'll tell you, that experience changed that guy's life. Right? Wow. So, so those are some, of, you know, we do other uh, experiences there, but it's very experiential, right? It's not talking head front of the class seminar style. Got There's it. definitely times where we create context for things and stuff, but it's very experiential. So, because again, using an accelerated learning model, which I do with almost all of my live events, it's like the one that's coming up in Toronto at the end of the month. Um, we, we like the accelerated learning models because we just know that it increases the probability to the highest levels that people okay, are Okay, when you say accelerated learning, can you like, for people that have never heard you talk before, can you just explain that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So my study of accelerated learning has shown me that, you know, the most common way to get knowledge, you know, is to sit passively, listen, and just sit there, right? 
And it's been shown that the retention of that data runs in around 15 to 20%. It's really, really low, right? So if you work with the data and actually you're writing notes as you go and you're thinking, thinking about it, it'll increase retention into like the 40%, maybe even 50% range. But if you write notes, you think about it, you talk it down with a partner, you have a coach come over and work with you, you uh, work with your team, you dialogue about it, you set goals, you set actions, you work the material like live, right? Retention goes up, right, to like 85, sometimes even as high as 90%. So it's like, man, that's what I want to see. I want to see people transform. I don't want to see people just fart around and, and like, duh, you know, and then nothing changes in their life. I mean, who's got time for that crap in their life, man? I'm about transformation, about uh, helping people get to the highest level of function they can get to. Got it. I love it. And one would think that that might actually apply to any form of learning and education, that you should learn it, write it, read it, apply it, rebound off of it, integrate it and maybe we might actually retain some of the crap we go through in our education system and oh then and, and then if we retain it right and then there's actually opportunity for transformation and for the next level you could learn the next level on top of that right layer it on right so cool I'm, I'm, I'm all about accelerated learning i think it's great great model i love it it's great so here's one of my questions so one of the things that that i mean i contacted you a little while ago about my own practice stuff but and I know that you do some practice coaching, correct? Yes. Okay. So you've got a like practice coaching wing of what you do. But the one, I think the one thing that resonated the most with me when we we're having this conversation is that this, the spiritual side of you, this, this, um, uh, how do I describe it? Um, when we talk about, I call it the midlife triangle of chaos that we get into. It's like relationships and business and <clears throat> children and, we, we have all this chaos that's going on. Um, every one of us kind of comes into the conversation through a slightly different lens. Some of us come in with kind of a, the, the taking care of business is the most important part because once we have money flowing, et cetera, then everything else works. And some people come in through the, the family and relationship part because when you have that rolling, then everything else works. And for me, every conversation I've ever had uh, for years, it's been fulfillment and the connection to spirit and, and knowing who I am, values, mission, connection, alignment, all of those types of things. And what was, was interesting in, our, in one of our first conversations was there was an obvious connect there for you in that, that I think, I believe the way that you teach, preach, and live your life is definitely through aligned, valued action. I, I believe. So my question for you is where, where, where did all that, I, I guess, first of all, like where did all that start for you? Where, where did you come up to this? Cause you've run, I don't know how, how many successful practices now and help other guys blow up their businesses, but do it from a place of passion as opposed to a place of like just running yourself into the ground. Where did all this start for you? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Well, I mean, I grew up in a real fundamentalist Christian uh, home, right? right? Um, but there was, asked, like, when I was really young, like 12, I was asking questions of the powers that be in that organization that they just didn't have answers for, you know? And some of the, and, and you know, God bless all those people that, that that works for them. It just wasn't, you know, my path. So it put me on a, a, a bit of a spin for a while. And then I just thought, you know what? I was introspective enough. If I have one, you know, um, skill or talent or whatever it's it's the ability to introspect you know and and ask the question why i've been asking the question why my mom says since i could open my mouth right 
And so um, I started asking why, and then I started to study. And I started to think and read and teach, and I've read a ton of books on spirituality, and all of them have some great um, pieces of the puzzle to share with, right? But what it allowed me to do um, was to get quiet enough um, to literally go inside and, and sort through all of this data that I'd been gifted in my life from all these amazing sources and teachers and come up with a, uh, answers to some really fundamental questions that, that literally guide my life. They guide how I run my businesses. They guide how I, I, I live my life day to day. Um, they, how I raise my kids. I mean, just, you know, all of that stuff. Right. And actually chiropractic philosophy, right. You know, cause you know, again, I, I love the chiropractic profession. It's, I am a chiropractor. I imagine some of your audience are chiropractors. Um, but you know, one of the things that I, uh, the, the major premise in chiropractic is one of the things, one of my coaches asked me years ago, right. And I challenge the listeners to do this. They asked me a really tough ass question. He goes, tell me the three most important things you've ever learned in your entire life. You've got one week. And I went, holy cow, man, to dialogue and go through all that stuff. And then my dad's an amazing gifted teacher to me. I've had some great, great, great teachers, both in and out of the profession, you know, stuff. But anyways, when I got down to rank, one of the three things was the major premise in chiropractic. There is a universal intelligence in all matter that continually, not just when I think the going's good, continually gives to it all its properties and actions and thereby maintains it in existence. That just deeply resonated with me. And then again, one of my teachers, John Demartini, you know, not that this was one of the three most important things, but we, you already brought it up, the construct of core values. When I heard him first talk about the construct of core values and how core values can be a guiding principle in your life, to me, that was just an extension of spirituality. That was an extension of what I'd come to learn. And so now, I, and when I first wrote a purpose mission statement with John like 30 years ago, it was this long, verbose thing. Yeah. And I've just kept reflecting. And meditation has been an enormous gift in my life. Uh, there is rarely a day that I don't meditate for at least 10 minutes and sometimes a hell of a lot longer. But, you know, when I, when I was going through that, that reflection process, I just kept paring down that mission statement to now. It's just two words, right? right? And it's literally, it's on this little bangle that I wear every friggin' day of my life, man. It just says, live authentically. authentically. Right? Yeah. That's it. But, but here's my thing. So, so this, it's, it's so funny how you start energetically vibrating at a, at a, at a, in a similar way and you start to notice other people that are vibrating at this level. So um, John and I did work 10 years ago. Um, all of a sudden, like a lot, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it feels like this is the serendipity or the, the act of coincidence, which is all bullshit. But um, like Larry Goodman and Nima Romani and all these other facilitators of, of, of John's work have started to come back into me. And it's so funny because I remember when I was studying all of John's stuff 10, 15 years ago, <clears throat> there was this resonance that I had and it was all about figuring out my own authenticity. It's just mind boggling that you're, you brought that up on your, <laughs> it's unbelievable how you brought that up. But what, what I do now, it, and it, it has been a gift of mine forever is, I look at other doctors and other other professionals as well, and I can see where they've just completely disconnected from self. They've disconnected from source, and I'm I, literally my passion is to try to figure out how to light that fire back on, on, on light the fire back on, turn turn the lighthouse back on. But it's it's unbelievable um, the the serendipity and the the energy that, that coordinates it. So here is my thing: I I did all that work. And then I went on a path. I got, I admitted, I got disconnected. I got, I, I was on a bit of a journey and, and did some amazing things, but I, I recognized um, 
down the road, I got disconnected from my own values, my own path. I started to recognize that there's a little piece of me that almost felt like it was dying on the inside. I uh, started to disconnect from my family, started to disconnect from my wife. There's all these disconnections. And like, I was on a path of burned out. <clears throat> and that was, it was the biggest blessing for me because it reconnected me back to source. I had to go back in and go, all right, why in the world am I feeling so disconnected right now? And I recognized it. But for you, it sounds like the path may have been a little bit different, if I'm not mistaken. It sounds like you've been questioning kind of, uh, like on a consistent basis all the way through, or was there like a turning point for you that's like, no, 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 I, I have to start to turn heads in this direction. Was there a, a turning piece for you? Was there a, a... Not a, not a specific, uh, I mean, I've had some very significant, you know, TSN turning points for sure. Right. right? But there wasn't a specific one on my spiritual journey. It was just sort of more like a, uh, I had this, this frame and I developed it quite early. Like, you know, one of my favorite courses at university when I was doing my undergrad right, was, was, was like, you know, base level philosophy, right? And I used to pin Professor Nagel to the wall and just like, you know, we had just talked shit down, right? Most kids were in philosophy just to try and get an easy credit, right? I was actually there to, you know, to discuss constructs and stuff, you know? So, I, you know, it was, it's, there's, al there's always, uh, I don't use always very often because usually it's an exaggeration, but I would say there's very, I can't think of a time in my life where I didn't have at least some of a frame. But, you know, I went through a phase in my teens and early 20s, right, where I was, you know, I wasn't maybe the most uh, grounded, connected guy on the planet, you know. Um, but I definitely credit, you know, chiropractic as being uh, a grounding rod for me, you know. And some of my great teachers are, I mean, I met Dave Martini through that. Uh, guy Rickens has been a big influence in my life. Jimmy Sigafoos, Reggie Gold. I mean, I had some, some great mentors and guides and teachers there. And then, you know, I was having these experiences in practice, Ryan, right, that weren't explainable based upon the paradigm that I was taught at the school I went to. And it's like, how do you frame that? But it also, as I went back through, there's the three unanswerable questions in philosophy, right, right? And, you know, one of them is, you know, why, why does God exist? Or, and uh, what extension does, how does God exist? And then the second one, or, or one of the other of the two, is why did God create humankind, right? And that why question, man, that, that like keeps me up at nights. I mean, not anymore, but early in my thing. And I, and I studied and learned and I put it together. So I think it's worthy of a share, Ryan, right? I really do, because it's a, it's a worldview that just makes so much sense to me and it just guides my life so much that it may just resonate with somebody that happens to stumble across, you know, our conversation. Right? So here's the thing. In my worldview, the creative intelligence that I call the grand organizing designer God, right? created humankind so that she, if you want to use the matriarchal sense, she could experience, experience, lost my words carefully, experience all aspects of self, okay? Because watch, right? If, if the grand organism design is this cosmic intelligence that Einstein talked about, okay? If it is this all-pervading, all-knowing intelligence, cosmic intelligence, then it knows or has awareness of all things. But man, there's a big difference between knowing something intellectually and experiencing it. You could tell somebody that, you know, you can explain to somebody in great detail what chocolate tastes like, then have the experience, man, and like just lock it in, right? You can tell someone it's like to experience a mind-blowing carpeting adjustment, have an, have an adjustment, experience an adjustment. It's one thing to tell somebody and read in a book what it means to be in love. It's another thing to actually have the experience, right? So, so if that frame fits, right, watch, watch, what, how, watch how our purpose makes tons of sense to me then, right? Now, we are, man, we are the neurology of the grand organization design. Our purpose in life, uh, ultimate purpose in life, is to experience and express ourselves. And I would add from the most core level of vibration we can. 
Because we are, in my worldview, a fractal of that God part of it. We are a piece of that. And we all have different expressions. We all have different ways of expressing our geniuses. But man, that's our ultimate purpose, is to experience and express life. And so it, the, the, when, you, when you frame it that way, there can be no mistakes. There can be no errors. You can, there, you can, all your job is to go out there and experience and express. And if you fail, you've, you've fulfilled your part of your purpose because you've had an experience. And man, when I own that, I mean, I, intellectually, I got that really early, right? but when I own that in my soul, man, it just made all the difference in the world. And so now going into lighting up the lighthouse, and the, you know, I mean, that's certainly my mission, right? right? Just to help people, you know, live more authentically, right? From their core. But part of that is to get them to reconnect with their core and what that is, and then create a frame upon which they go and live their lives. So there's things that I don't do, right? right? Like, you know, I don't cut my own grass, man. I don't think the creative intelligence put me on the planet to cut my grass. You know, I just, hey, and God bless, but I know there are people that they were put here to do that. We got a leak in one of our, uh, our plumbing lines right now, right? It's like, man, I don't believe the creative intelligence put me on the planet to go and fix that. But I got a guy named Mark Howard I can be calling in the morning, and he's going to have his ass over here, and he's going to have that fixed because he is the world's greatest plumber. Because he's inspired to be a plumber. I really believe the creative intelligence has got it all in hand, man. There's, there's every person of the seven, whatever billion others on the planet right now all have a special, unique gifts. The question the, is, will they connect with it and will they have the courage to share? Or they had like one of the things that I admire about you is you actually take the time to sit in silence and be able to listen. Most of us, and I'm going to suggest that maybe it's more of a male habit than anything else, but that's just my story, is that we, we don't like to sit and listen and, and actually hear what we're being told with the communication that's coming through, whether it's feelings or intuition or whatever it is, and to be able to connect back to that. There's only so long that each one of us, I will have you consider, that we can live outside of our values and the core mission that's inside of us before the dissonance leads to disease, which creates disease with, within us. We all understand that aspect of it. One of the biggest topics that will help, I think, people listening to this type of a conversation um, understand it more is also understanding the dual, duality of quantum physics, for example, as well. Yes. So the, the reality of it is, is the higher you go, the, the further you fall, and the further you're down here, the, the higher you can rise, and, and this balance of things, and understanding how there's no such thing as really a bad thing, because the reality is you're just missing the gift that's coming out of it, and how everything happens for us, not to us. Those types of conversations are just like, I've heard it, I heard it for years, but I never really understood it until I actually started to apply it. And there's still times where the universe, if I may use the universe or the grand organizing design, whichever, will come and challenge me. It will come and challenge me to see if it can knock me off my course and to see how committed I am to my purpose and my mission. And are you really committed to that value or not? I, it's amazing. <laughs> if, yeah, I find if I'm not challenging myself to be committed to it or to challenge myself within it or around it, I have a tendency to attract some pretty good challenges from time to time to see if I'm actually online. <laughs> you, you and every other human that I've ever interacted with, including myself, Ryan, right? You know, so, but it, you know, there's a couple of important constructs there, Ryan. You just, I, I think are worthy of conversation here, right? Is number one is, you know, for me, uh, I mean, I still get knocked off track, man. I get knocked off track, you know, probably daily. But, the, but here's the, here's the distinction, Ryan, right? It takes more to knock me off track than it did before. Why? A bunch of reasons. One, I have some experience, obviously. I have a grounding force. But I also invest significant amount of time every day to get grounded, to get sourced. And so I invest, on average, a couple of hours a day doing my morning rituals. 
which is my morning meditation, Thank you. my Taoist Tai Chi, my yoga, and some form of a workout or two, right? And so then it's like, so I don't even start my day until I've done that. So I got to get up pretty damn early, you know, to do that. But that's just a commitment because I value that. So now I've got this huge, like, foundation underneath me on a day-by-day basis it takes a lot more to knock me off track because i'm, I'm that grounded and that connected you're actually your foundation is solid and you've actually started your engine in an appropriate way so it's not going to run out of oil as you start to hit the surface it's amazing it's it's amazing that you do that sorry i, I butted in go ahead no no it's fine but but you just spoke a truth you just framed it in a slightly different way but it's absolutely a truth in my opinion the other piece around is this there's no so even like regardless of you know, using myself as an example, because I know myself better, right? It's no question that you're going to get knocked off. But the question is, do you notice it? And how quickly do you notice it? And are you going to get back up and get and get on your horse, right? I remember uh, an interview that I heard about with um, arguably the greatest running back in, in NFL history, Emmett Smith, right? And the, uh, the guy's interviewing him, and he's like, you know, man, it's just amazing, you know, what you did. And he said, you know, you, you, you ran for like 14 miles or whatever, if you add it all up. And you know, and he says, and, and, and what's really enlightening, he says, is that you did it in like two or three yard chunks, right? And then Smith goes, well, I appreciate the accolades, he says, but you know what I would add to that? He says, what I think is actually a, a, a bigger statement, he says, is that I got knocked down by 350 pound linebackers, he says, but I got back up again and I kept going, right? And so here's the thing, there's no question life's going to knock you down, man. But the question is, are you going to notice it? And again, if you'll notice the subtle changes, you don't have to go and have the big whack across the head by the two by four in order to get you, you know, back on track. I was, uh, had the uh, really strange of disguise gift one time, Ryan, of being thrown in jail for 11 hours over an alleged firearms infraction. Uh, that was just this whole like weird thing. And it's a really long story. But the quick version was I spent 11 hours in a jail cell. I would highly not recommend it to anybody. Um, <laughs> please learn that one by osmosis from me. Okay. Um, but you know what, again, going back to your balance, which is part of my worldview, right? I know that I know that I know and I know in my heart of hearts that the universe is balanced at all times. There's equal hot to cold, light to dark, good to bad, right? It's just my misperception of it. So I, you know, and I treated half the cops in my community, right? So I'm in there and of course they got the TV on, right? And I found out later from one of my patients, they were all like crowded on the TV and they're like, what the hell is this guy doing back there, right? Because I was freaked out. Like, I, you know, like, it was a whole thing, right? I mean, I would handcuffs, my kids watching, and like the whole deal, right? And I mean, it turns out in hindsight, Ryan, that one of the reasons they made such a big deal of it is because the liberal government at the time had started this gun registry process. They said it would cost $2 million. It cost $2 billion. The uh, Auditor General had just made them a joke. And so because we had a liberal government in Ontario and a liberal federal, they just said, hey, we need to like cover our butts here. So anything that even smells a bit like a firearms infraction, like just go to town on it, right? So I was basically, you know, I was using- You're the example. example. I was the example, right? So, it, you know, hey, was what it was. I could handle it, right? But I'm in there and I'm doing like, I'm doing like, you know, John's, for those who have done any of John DeMartini's work, I'm doing the quantum collapse process in there, looking for the benefits. The negatives are pretty obvious, you know? Looking for the benefits. I'm in there doing like, uh, a Dallas Tai Chi set in the TSL stuff, man. Because I was doing my best to like reground myself. It's like, hey, buddy, are you going to walk your talk here? Are you going to stay in a place of integrity? Can you stay grounded under what was arguably at that point one of the more horrible experiences of my life? Like, well, let's find out, man. Let's let's see how much of a test you you need to be in order to you know to get this stuff figured out, right? So awesome. again, a couple of pieces I think go hand in glove with what we've been talking about. 
unbelievable. <laughs> that, that's definitely one of the, the first times I'm assuming you've shared that on Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I've shared Maybe that a few times. So, uh, you know, you know again, man, I, I am who I am. I'm a pretty open book. I am I good on that. I love it. Okay, so here's, here's the next question. I appreciate you sharing and being as authentic and real and vulnerable as you have been because it, 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 it helps. To, I find that I help to connect better with it. My, I guess one of my questions is I'm a, I'm a consumer. I'm out in the, I'm listening to this. Um, who is it that you love working with the most? Like who, what's, what's your avatar person to, to like engage in a, um, in a relationship with in order to, to move them to the next level? Who do they look like? Well, we got two, actually, we have a male and a female avatar, right? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly where you are in life, Ryan, but, you know, they are people, they are uh, health professionals, small business owners. We work with a lot of docs, right? Uh, they are people that are, that are likely working too hard for the amount of money they're making. They wish they could spend more time with their loved ones. They know they deliver an amazing service, but they're not getting um, exchanged uh, adequately for that amazing service that they offer, right? They know they've got gifts inside of them, but they're either... Um, they don't know how to express it fully, or they have some, to use the carpet, lexicon, some subluxations within them around fears, hurts, guilts, limiting beliefs, or whatever, right? Um, so those are some of the pieces. I mean, literally, we've got details, right? I mean, they're probably North American. They're probably between the ages of 35 and 50. Uh, they've probably been in business for between, you know, 8 and, and 15 years. Um, you, know, you know, we've got definitely some demographic stats on that. But one of the more important things, Randon, when we do an, our, our intake process and just, you know, really exploring the opportunity to become a part of someone's life and their team, you know, one of the biggest things for us, right, and, and it's part of our interview process is, are you coachable, right? Are, are you open to change? Are you open to, to growth? Uh, or do you already have it all figured out? Because if you do, quite frankly, what do you need me for? And I mean, seriously, right? Um, and the other piece, Ryan, which comes up in dialogue, and most people I find, at least the people that I attract into our, 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 our work at Full Circle, is people that understand that they're, uh, or at least have an inkling, maybe they haven't spent the time, maybe to say I have, to, to uh, really get their worldview and cosmology and, and you know, sort of figure it out, but they have a sense that there's more to them than just you know, the clay, right? There's more to them than that. And they, we find a lot of times that we have like, um, people that come to us that are actually deeply spiritual people, but they're kind of teed off with whatever form of the path to the creative intelligence, the religious path that they had as a child. And so they hold that up as a reason to not connect with source. Like you said, there's some sort of blockage or subluxation. Some sort somewhere, of disconnection, right? yeah. And they just can't, they know and they feel that there's this, this sense to, to a higher connection, a more fulfilled journey yeah, yes. they, can't, they can't quite connect to it. They can't quite connect to it, right? And so they're open to that kind of dialogue because, you know, to me, I mean, somebody says to me, I've had people say to me, I'm going to go to seminars and stuff, and they say, hey, Doc, tell me about your playbook. Tell me about your, uh, you know, your business playbook. I said, I don't have one. I've got like 105 of them, right? Because I got to get to know who you are as a human being first, which again, is you know, already talked about a core values analysis, right? It's one of the first things we do with all of our clients, right? Awesome. We got to get, we got to get to know who they are as a human being get them to define success for themselves, get awesome. permission to hold them accountable, right? Because to me, accountability, Ryan, is a big part of the process. Nice. But here's how we do accountability. We don't do like, hey, Ryan, here's what I want you to do. Do you understand? No, let me explain it again. Do you understand? Yes. Okay, I want you to have that done by midnight tonight. That's crazy, man. Do you understand what I want you to do? Yes, and why? Yes, cool. Tell me when it's going to be done. 
and I don't know about all the details of your life. You might have some, you know, kids figure skating event or a bar mitzvah or you're away somewhere with your spouse or something like that. But you know what? You tell me February 15th, you goddamn sure better get it done by the 15th or else, quite frankly, what the hell are we doing? A couple of bright, enlightened people having meaningful conversations and screw all's changing your life? F that, right, man. I haven't got time for that in my life. <laughs> right? And neither does anybody else, right? They, that, that, you know, those kind of people, they're just looking for a friend. And you're, you're looking for a friend, hey, let's have a beer at a conference and talk it down. Yeah. That's not what our coaching's about anyway. So I hope I answered you're, the question. Yeah, yeah. Your, your coaching is about getting traction and moving forwards, but in an aligned way to the human being that you're working with, not as a dictator based on your values, I think is what I'm hundred percent. You know, and I say to people say, you know what, because here's why, if we don't invest the time to get to know you, then one of two things is happening. Either one, we're giving you some BS cookie cutter advice that we gave the last person, which if you ever think that's happening, run as far and as fast and late as you can, because I've lost my friggin' mind. I said, or worse, I'm projecting my values onto you. What could be worse than that, right? Yeah. Which is the problem I have, Ryan, with, God bless them, some of the people in the management world, right, who stand up on the platform and say, hey, look at me, I'm wonderful, I did wonderful things, you just copy what I did and you'll be wonderful too. My challenge with that, Ryan, has always been, I'm not you, man, I don't have your values, I don't share your priorities and goals as a result, the best I could become is a, is a, is a cheap copy of you instead of an original authentic copy of me. Doesn't resonate with me. Love it and appreciate <clears throat> your your awareness of that doc is so huge um okay so uh people are listening to this resonating with this how do we find you and when when are some of the what are some of the the, the next projects that you're working on that we can get involved with with you yeah absolutely so i mean the website it's kind of long when you punch it in the first time right but it's all it's all just full circle coaching and consulting.com spelled out long form right go there that's the gateway to all things us right uh, and my private email is just Dr. Tom at com, right? It's a pretty straightforward. Uh, and hell, if somebody's brave enough, I mean, hell, text me, man, or call me at my cell phone, 705-477-1803. Happy to have a dialogue, have a conversation, right? Say that one more time, the number. 705-477-1803. Yeah, get people to reach out and get in touch. So we've got some live events coming up, right? right? And we love live events because... Um, it's just a great place to break bread and, and spend time. And again, we use the accelerator learner model we talked about, right? So, so you can actually walk away with something you can utilize. Tangible, right? So we got three events this year. We got one February 28, 29 in Toronto. They're all in Toronto, actually. Uh, kind of central-ish, a little bit to the east. I Enter guess. the universe. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, but that one's called uh, Accelerator Team Mastery. And you know, a lot of times the ideal person to come to that is somebody's like, you know what? I want to scale. I want to grow. And I have a team, but I don't know about you, Ryan, but when I went through university, man, I didn't have an MBA. I didn't get any coaching on leadership, uh, delegation, teaching people commitment, inspiration. I didn't know how to write a contract. I didn't know how to do a quarterly review. I didn't know how to lead a team meeting. Hell, I could barely lead myself in freaking silent prayer when I got out of school, you know? So again, we teach all of that stuff live. Same stuff I've been doing for almost 25 years, but we're doing it, you know, live immersion two days. We got a really cool one in June. This will be the first time we've, we've done Accelerated Team Master many times, but the one we're doing in June, June 12, 13 in Toronto, right? It's called Abundant Financial Mastery, okay? And again, let's go back to the balance piece, okay? I contend we're balanced. There's equal, you know, pros and cons and stuff, right? So there's giving and there's receiving, right? There's a Tai Chi move that actually does this giving, receiving. I do every day and I mindset this, okay? Interesting. So watch, people want to give more, they want to serve more, they want to be more fulfilled, they want to build their business, they want to build better relationships. 
So they want to serve like through a fire hose, but they're receiving through a straw, man. Abundant consciousness is all about your receiving mindset and the muscle that goes with it. So we're doing a deep dive a whole day, man, on abundance consciousness. And then we're doing a, another day once you've expanded that about the systems and procedures of money, both in business and personally, best practices for how to take that to the next level. When is that one, man? June 12, 13, man. I'd love you to come, man. I feel like we've had some <laughs> Well, I want to be an advocate for you, brother. I love you. I love what you guys are doing. Well, so hey, you said June 12 and 13? June 12, 13 in Toronto. Yeah. And you know why we do them on a, that's actually a Friday, Saturday round. You know why we do that? Two reasons. One, we want to test people's abundant consciousness that maybe work a Friday. Go, oh, I got I work Friday. I couldn't take a Friday off. Get over yourself, for God's sakes, right? Leverage yourself. But whilst also because a lot of people, including myself, one of our higher values, if not highest values, family, it's like you go away, you work all week, you go away for the weekend, you never see your kids, your wife, spouse, whatever, and then you go back to work, man. No, we get it. We're done three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Most people can get home either Saturday night or Sunday morning, spend a day with your family, go back to the office, right? Yeah, I agree. So that's that one. And the other one, Ryan, which is now we've, this will be our third or fourth year with it. It's in October, October 2, 3. It's called Blueprint to Mastery. Okay. And here's what we've noticed, right? In all my years of consulting. Okay. This is where somebody is just to give some sort of an image. Okay. With my hand here. This is where people want to go. Once they truly connect to their source and they do their definition of success in their life and their business. And this is what we call the entrepreneur's gap. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, if I was going to go and build my dream house, Ryan, right, man, I would get an architect, I would get a set of blueprints made before I, I wouldn't run down to Home Depot and get a sack of lumber and a bunch of nails and screws and start slapping it together. But you know what? Most people don't have a blueprint for their life and their business. So I actually, in meditation, two weeks before the very first one of these I ran, Ryan, I, I got, you know what? Why don't I get a construction set of blueprints with all of the exercises we do? And people literally come in and out of that program, Ryan, with a construction set of blueprints for their life. All the exercises we're working through, they leave with the construction. We've had people frame those things, man, put them on the wall. That's October 2-3. It's all about your vision for your life, coming from a place of authenticity. And it wouldn't surprise you, brother. I know this won't surprise you. Guess what we start every one of our, our experiences with? It's either a sweat lodge or a meditation. Come on. It's a meditation, man. <laughs> they won't let us build fires inside hotels. So. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you know what? Let's get grounded. Let's get connected to the source. And then we have the greatest opportunity to come out there and, and make the best of our time together. So awesome. Absolutely, sir. Doc, listen, I, I'm, I'm more than grateful for, for you, you spending and investing the time and coming out and, and sharing with me today. I think there's not just me, but there's many others that are going to benefit from you in the future. I'm grateful that you were able to share some of your events. And yeah, no, I, I will be attending one of your events. I, I look very much forward forward to uh, to seeing what uh, what else I can absorb in the magic world of Dr. Tom Preston. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that in the future. Any uh, any other pieces that you're working on this year that that you could share with us at all? Well, the live events or the live conferences are a big piece of it, of course. And we're we actually uh, just launched a new group coaching program in the fall of last year, which is a variation because for most of my coaching career, right, it's, it was been one-on-one, -on -one, right? Because that was a way to really, you know, take it and go deep dive, you know, cosmic. But you know what? We found a way to do that in group and we're getting outstanding results. So those are a couple of big pieces. I've actually got new programs I'm working on, but uh, maybe you and I will get together again in six or 12 months and I'll tell you about those new programs. Uh, I'd like to hear more about it. Um, appreciate your time, my friend. Have a wonderful night. Godspeed. You, you as well, brother. Take good care. All right. Thanks, Doc.
Cheers. Bye for now.